0: Hey there everybody, welcome to Up All Night, and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is the guy that's off having his own Are You Afraid of the Dark adventure, Brandon. How you doing, Brandon?
1: I'm off having a great adventure, Cortland, and you're not invited. Get in
0: out of that canoe. We all know you can't swim.
1: I don't need to swim. I'm in a canoe.
0: <laughs> well, if you perchance fall into the water, you're a, you're dead,
1: okay? Well, I won't. That's the point of the canoe. It's like you've never canoed, bro. Uh, All
0: right. I've canoed, I know you haven't canoed
1: <laughs> Hey, you don't know that, I could be canoed I do, we
0: talked about this
1: Okay, damn it, that's what I get for telling you things
0: I know, I used it against you <laughs> uh, So how are you doing today, Brandon? I'm alright today That's good, is your back better yet?
1: Yeah, it's fine
0: Oh, that's good I'll You're tell not you a crippled old man, good to hear I've got
1: something that's been bothering me for days now
0: What is it now, Brandon? <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: Brandon's rant of the week. Did now, somebody step um, on
0: your lawn? Like, what's. <laughs> no. Uh,
1: so I was walking, as I do okay. sometimes, yeah. and I had my headphones in. Okay. And there was a man and his little daughter, and I was listening to something, so I could only hear a little bit of what they were saying, but mm-hmm. I heard the little girl, like, she turned to look at me. And then she said, Daddy, that man is... And then I couldn't hear the rest of what she said. Oh, no. And then the dad, like, nervously chuckled and then, like, started walking faster.
0: (laughs) That's like a Seinfeld episode. I've
1: just been thinking for days, like, what did she say? Did she say, (laughs) you know, Daddy, that man's bald or whatever? Like, that's fine. Was she just like, God, that man is so ugly. I'll (laughs) never know, and it will always bother me. (laughs)
0: well are there very many mexicans in australia
1: i mean i haven't seen any was she just like daddy that man is so mexican
0: (laughs) yeah probably It's
1: just too mexican dad let's go
0: (laughs) i don't know man well i'm sorry that you've been harassed by a little girl brandon (laughs)
1: I mean, I didn't hear what she said So maybe it was a compliment And the guy was just like
0: (laughs) Yeah, let's go
1: He is a beautiful soul
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, Brandon So that That was your week, huh? (laughs) Pretty much That's a good uh, I mean, that's a good week
1: How are you doing, Cortland?
0: Uh, I'm doing pretty good Pretty good. I ordered a new computer, and I think it's going to be here on Monday.
1: That's so exciting.
0: I am super excited. Um, but I forgot that I have to buy a keyboard, so I'm going to oh, go yeah. buy a keyboard, I guess. <laughs> Laptop- just laptops come but. with
1: those things.
0: Yeah. I have the mouse. I also don't know where my power cord is for my monitor, so I'm, like, not oh, prepared God. for this. <laughs>
1: All right. In another six months you'll be ready
0: yeah i'm just gonna like not unbox it or anything and just be like that's my new piece of furniture put my clothes on top (laughs) of it. Put some
1: drinks on it yeah (laughs) kick up your
0: feet yeah but uh yeah i'm really excited i've never had like a good computer well i guess i did i did like over a decade ago but i mean come on it's shit now so i'm looking forward to it but yeah, so I didn't really do anything else this week. Um, I got all of my, my at this point in my life, editing for the show is completely done um, until after we get done with this recording. But
1: yeah, so let's put it off as long as possible.
0: If that's what I'm thinking. Just don't so ever enjoy upload your the clips for your me.
1: non-editing for a little while.
0: <laughs> I didn't even turn my computer on yesterday. I was like, I should be working on the podcast. Oh wait, I don't have to. <laughs> I'm done. Anyway, do you want to get to talking about this Are You Afraid of the Dark episode we watched? Yeah, let's talk about it. Okay. Well, Brandon and I, we just got done watching The Tale of the Manaha. What did you think of this, Brandon?
1: Um, this episode I sort of liked, I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess I would say I sort of liked it. I liked it in the beginning, and... I thought I was going to like it a lot more, but it kind of let me down by the end.
0: I feel like this is a weird episode for Are You Fear The Dark? It is. I don't know why, though. Maybe it's because there's so many characters? I don't know. It's got a weird vibe. It kind of does, yeah. It's got one of those, like, I don't know... It's a very typical camping story where, like, the little runt of the litter wants to do something awesome, and everybody's like, you can't, you're too little. And then they fuck up, and then by the end, everybody's, like, kissing his feet, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It's been done before. But yeah, this episode, I didn't hate it. Um, This episode has, like, a 3.1 on IMDb. Yeah,
1: I saw that (laughs) afterwards, which I'm glad I didn't look it up before, because... I would have been thinking the entire time like this episode shit. Like before yeah. I even saw it. Like everyone hates this episode. I don't know why it's rated so low. Yeah, it's not my either. favorite episode, but it's it's also like it's it's not bad.
0: It's not bad. Like I get it's not very well acted and my biggest issue is that three of the five kids, you don't even know their names. <laughs> That's- that's kind no. of a problem for me when I'm doing my notes. They're not all really them.
1: fleshed out. I mean, there's like
0: they get one trait. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. <laughs> That's kind of a stretch though.
1: But I mean, like it's a 20 minute story. Yeah. You get one personality defining thing.
0: Just like I mean, <laughs> like seven dwarves so you're sneezy. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I think we should just start talking about it, though. All right. Let's stop being okay. vague. All right. Our episode begins, and we're walking down the pathway with Gary, Betty Ann, Kiki, and Sam when up runs Stig, who concerningly asks if they're okay. And everyone's all, yeah, why? And Stig starts talking about how there's some huge animal out there, a monster. Well, they deal with wolves uh, every single time they come out here, so. Yeah, so they don't care. Yeah, Exactly. The gang all look at him like he's an idiot while he talks about how he swears it almost got him. And Sam says, yeah. And Betty Ann asks if he's sure it wasn't a raccoon or a squirrel. And Stig tells him that it was bigger than him, saying, have you ever seen a squirrel that big? And he pantomimes a size that is much smaller than himself. Gary says, no, but I've never saw a monster either. From the pathway, Tucker runs in in a gorilla costume.
1: I like how you describe it as Tucker running in, because you know it's Tucker. Everyone knows it's Tucker.
0: (laughs) It's not a giant squirrel. It's Tucker in a gorilla costume. That scares the girls for just a moment, and then Gary looks at him, says, wait a minute, and he walks up and he pulls off the mask, and Tucker screams, ow, and Stig laughs, saying, psych!
1: He didn't fool anyone.
0: Not even a little bit. He's
1: like, ha ha, got you. But no one was ever at any point like, oh, maybe there is a monster.
0: Right, right.
1: I mean, Betty Ann, like, did a little scream, but it was more just like,
0: ah, oh, something's running at us. Not like, the monster's real. Exactly, yeah. It was the worst prank in Are Afraid of the Dark History. Yeah. Sam can't believe that shit, and Kiki walks up to Tucker saying, what, your story isn't scary enough, so you have to pull this? And Tucker giggles saying, oh. It's scary, all right. This is just a setup. And Kiki walks over from him, and Tucker takes his seat at the storyteller's throne in full gorilla suit, saying, People have been scared of monsters in the wilderness forever, but not just bears and mountain lions and stuff. I'm talking about the strange beast that can't be explained. And Sam asks, Like what? And Tucker says, Like the abominable snowman of Tibet? The Loch Ness monster of Scotland and the flesh-eating giants of Mandolin. What's that?
1: That's made up. That's not a thing.
0: I've never heard of that before. Um, where is Mandolin? <laughs> is that China? I don't
1: know. I don't know.
0: Okay, alright.
1: That's a real interesting one. <laughs> Just like what? I don't know.
0: I mean, flesh-eating giants. That sounds pretty cool. I I would like to know more. But yeah,
1: that sounds like a better story.
0: It's kind of like that one time in the tale of the final wish when Betty Ann was like, "Oh, that episode, or that kid story where the with the hook for the hand." And we were like, "What the fuck are you talking about, Betty Ann?" <laughs> and to this day, nobody knows, and nobody knows for sure if these monsters are real. But a lot of people think so because they've seen them. And tonight, if you're not too scared, you might see them too. And I was like, "Oh yeah, bring on the Loch Ness monster, Tucker." <laughs>
1: That would be so cool.
0: I love Loch Ness Monster.
1: I would love to see Are You Afraid of the Dark in 1995 attempt to do a Loch Ness Monster story.
0: That would be so cool.
1: See what kind of effects they could come up with.
0: He says, submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. I call this story. And in an Are You Afraid of the Dark first, he throws in the monkey bone dust with monkey hands. The tale of the manaha. These are my dad's bones. (laughs) All right. I guess he kind of, like, I guess it fits the story, right? Kind of. I mean, there's
1: monsters, I guess.
0: Yeah. Eh. I mean, that's a pass, Tucker, I suppose. Our tale opens up much like the tale of Watchers Woods did. And we hear some camping guitar kind of 90s music. I don't really know how else to explain it. There's some kids lifting a canoe up out of the water, and then we see a big camp scene. There's kids crawling everywhere, throwing footballs and whatnot. And we cut to some other kids. One's folding up a tent or something. I thought it was a sleeping bag. It turns out to be a tent later. Then the next one opens up a jar and smells inside of it. Probably checking for botulism. And we pan over, and we see another kid pick up the Ghastly Grinner comic book. And then finally... Another kid who's sitting down with his glasses on, so he's a nerd. Touches the bottom of his foot, saying, "Ew, I've got poison ivy." How do you feel about the Ghastly Grinner comic returning again? Uh,
1: so soon? Uh, I'm like, yeah, we get it.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: I mean, I like I like the references and stuff, but you can't just keep hitting us over the
0: head with Zebo and Ghastly Grinner. I'm okay with Zebo once a season because it's a fun treat to look out for. But you can't use the same comic of Ghastly Grinner. I mean, not to say that these episodes are like one after the other, but even just twice in the same season is kind of too much. Once was awesome, but twice it's kind of like, all right, why doesn't he have like a Game Boy playing Zebo's Big House or something, you know?
1: Or something that isn't Zebo or Ghastly Grinner.
0: No, it could have been Goth. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> We cut over to a tent and see the legs of some dude step out. And he's got boots on and some army music's playing. So we just automatically know this guy's going to be a douchebag. And one of the kids leads over to the other kid with the jar saying, It's Captain Slimeball. And Captain Slimeball, he yells out, Attention! And all the kids snap up from a whistle blow. And he looks over his pack of kids asking how he ended up with a pack of dirt balls like this. And one of the kids, the one who was rolling this tent, pretends to cry or laugh or something. I can't really tell. He, like, turns his head, and Captain Slimeball notices, so he walks up to him, screaming in his face that he needs to roll his tent over the pack, and then calls him a dimwit. He's not very nice. No. You know, I don't like him, and he—this whole, like, start of the episode, you could pull the clips from pretty much everything— because, like, the overacting in this episode is just so... No, oh,
1: he is he is outrageous. You yeah. know, I thought when we were doing the season wrap-up here that Gilbert Gottfried was a lock <laughs> for the Yeller of the Season Award. Yeah. But this guy, I think, may take it every single line. He yells. Yeah. And you know what? I put him in my notes because I didn't catch his name like the first three times they said it. Yeah. I put in my notes I've called him Emilio Estevez the whole episode because he reminded <laughs> me of a poor man's Emilio Estevez, Which is kind of fitting because this uh misfit group of kids is kind of a mighty ducksish sort of yeah. outfit. It's got it's got a Mighty Ducks sort of heavyweights vibe.
0: Yep, heavy heavyweights. I was thinking that too. Yeah. I just called him Captain for a little while until I finally got his name. Captain walks over to the next kid with the jar of spaghetti. It's a jar of, like, spaghetti and sauce for some reason. The kid lifts up the jar, telling him,
1: It's for dinner. Pasta with a light tomato garlic sauce.
0: Mwah! And he gives a little chef's kiss. And the captain grabs that and he dumps it all over the ground, telling him to lose it, Chubby. come on. I know, perfectly good biscetti. Ridiculous. Next, he walks over to the kid with the Ghastly Grinner comic, and he grabs it saying, Good, good, and the kid happily says, Volume 6, First Edition. And the Captain hands it back over to him, and he says, Bring these, and we're going to use them to start the fire. Last, he walks over to the nerd, who tells him he can't go because he's got poison ivy. And Captain mocks that shit, then screams in the kid's face saying, What kind of whip are you? And the nerd kid yells back, Any kind of whip you want me to be, just don't make me go. And Captain tells him to put his shoes on because he's going. And that's our merry band of misfits. Except. From somewhere close by, some kid runs down a pathway screaming, Hey guys, wait up! And he's got a whole bunch of shit stapled to him. He's got pots and pans smacking him everywhere. And he runs in line with the other kids saying that he thought he was going to miss him. And captain gets close to this kid's face, asking what he wants. And the kid says, he's going on the overnight. Captain says, forget it, because he'll never keep up. And the kid says, that he's got to take him. Mr. Ostruski, I don't know if that's his name. Who cares? I should have wrote it phonetically, but it doesn't matter. Gave him permission. The captain takes out a book from the kid's pack, and it's called How to Survive in the Bush by Oscar Butts! And the kid excitedly tells him that he's been reading it all summer to get ready for the overnight. Captain menacingly tells him anything he needs to learn, he will learn from him, and hands the book back. Okay, let's just meet this cast. Does that sound good? Yeah. Let's attempt to meet this cast, I should say. First we got the main character. The one that just ran in. His name is Jonah, and he's played by Michael Yarmush, who voiced Arthur when he was younger. In Arthur. So we have like the entire cast of that show on this on this show now they really should have had some kind of crossover yeah you would think right he was also in every episode of the late 90s lassie and in lassie he played clark i don't know never seen it and he was in goddamn nico the unicorn wow i never thought that would come back up but it's been like two episodes because one eye jack was in it from prisoners past and now fucking arthur's in it
1: i thought he did all right in this episode jonah yeah
0: he's got this like very serious i don't know he's got an intensity i think and it's interesting
1: i grew to not like the character but i think (laughs) the actor did a fine job
0: yeah i'll give it like there's that part later on when he screams like a little girl that's really amazing (laughs) oh yeah next up we've got the captain whose name in the episode is lonnie and he's played by aj buckley This guy's been in a lot of stuff, including voicing Nash from The Good Dinosaur. I only watched that movie once. Did you even see that one? Yeah, I saw that one. I don't know who the hell Nash is. Yeah, me neither. He also played Ed Zedmore in Supernatural. Have you watched that? No. Me neither. And Adam Ross in CSI New York. Did you watch that?
1: Of course not.
0: Yeah, me neither. So he's a mystery to us.
1: (laughs) So so He's been in lots of things. For lots of episodes and lots of movies, but nothing we've seen.
0: No, like I tried to sprinkle in like his most notorious roles, but
1: okay. But did you see something in particular that he was in that I think would be of interest to you? No, did you look him up too?
0: Yes, I did. Okay, well, tell me.
1: He was in Goddamn Nightman.
0: Nightman, the saxophone wielding. (laughs) Yes, the very same. Oh my god.
1: We have got to watch that show.
0: We have to. There's so many shows that we have to watch now. I want to see Nico the Unicorn, Lil'est Hobo, <laughs> Hemoglobin, which I'm going to talk about again in a minute. <laughs> oh, Night of the Night of the Demons 3. Oh man. So many things. So many things. The last 3 kids in this episode are credited as Alex, Steve, and Carl on IMDb and the credits of the show, but their names are never once mentioned in this episode. I think Jonas is Alex one time, but there's three kids, and you don't know which one Alex is, so we have no way to know which one is which. It's really annoying. I hate when Are You Afraid of the Dark does this, and this is the worst offense of it I've seen yet.
1: They do it a lot.
0: They do, but at least, like, eventually I get to know that uh, fucking Mariah the Stalker's name is Mariah, you know. In this one, there's three names, two of which are never mentioned in the show at all, and there's no way to know who is who. <laughs> it's stupid. Ultimately, it doesn't matter, because these kids are not important to the story, but... Yeah,
1: it's only one kid that does anything.
0: No, you got the fat one, which is fine. His name is Eddie. So these three kids... Alex, Steve, and Carl. They're played by Matthew Stone, James Liborion, and Mark McEvy. And Matthew Stone and Mark McEvy were in nothing else. This is their only role at all.
1: They nailed it.
0: I Just go out maybe, on top. If, I don't know which ones they played, but James Liborion was in Space Cases as Evil Radu in some show called Million Dollar Babies, which is based on the true story of the Dion quintuplets in Canada in the 30s. He was also in the movie The Secret Pact with Ryder Strong from Boy Meets World. Okay, cool. Sure. And last, we have Eddie. is played by David DeVoe. Uh, He's the chubby kid with the sauce, and he hasn't been in a whole bunch of stuff, but was in Hemoglobin with that red-haired kid from Chameleons. And let's just say we're going to see this kid later. Okay, I'm going to leave it at that. So now that we got that shit out of the way, since we have no way of naming these three misfit kids, I'm going to name them based on their introduction. So one of them is named Comic, one of them is named Ivy, and the last one is Crybaby. Is that fair? (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Okay. (laughs) Ivy's the nerd one. And the other one, the other two kind of look similar and act similar, so it doesn't really matter.
1: None of this really matters because they don't do anything in the episode.
0: Well, Crybaby cries and Comic reads a comic, so boom. Ugh. All right, let's just move on. (laughs) Yes. We cut to another scene where. Some kids are moving a kayak in the background, and then a middle-aged man pops into frame, and he's talking to all the characters we've met so far, saying, You boys are about to embark on a vision quest, a test of endurance, intelligence, and courage. None of you have ever spent the night in the forest. I mean, he doesn't know that. It's an experience you'll never forget. By the time you return tomorrow, I'm sure you'll know a lot more about yourselves and each other. And he walks up to Lonnie, reminding him to check in with the ranger at the ranger station, saying they don't want to have any problems. And Lonnie screams, yes, sir, and blows his whistle. And the kids all look at him as he yells for them to start marching. They follow him. But the older dude stops Jonah, asking him if he's sure he wants to go through with this, because Jonah is, I don't know, like half a year younger than these other kids. Yeah, he's like six. He's he's like eight, and everybody else is maybe like nine or ten. It's not that much of a difference. And Jonah's all, absolutely. So the guy pats him away and Jonah runs to catch up with the other kids. And this is, I guess, the first instance of Jonah just being behind all the other kids. He stays behind a lot in this episode.
1: Yeah, well, that's survival tip number 52, I guess. Always be a straggler so that the wolves can pick you you off real easily.
0: (laughs) And you're suffering by being a straggler. A beautiful tip by Mr. Butts. The scene changes and we just watch the kids march through the woods with some marching music. Jonah is in the back and the captain turns around yelling, Yo, Junior! And we watch Jonah run to catch up, but he says, Keep up unless you want to be lunch for some hungry grizzlies. And Eddie, the fat kid, is all like, There's grizzlies out there? And Jonah says, No. Chapter 9, according to Oscar Butts, grizzlies are only found in northwestern forests. The nearest grizzly is over 3,000 miles away. And Captain screams back, You saying I'm a liar? And Jonah's all, Well, no, I just think your facts are a little off. And Captain pushes up his sunglasses, saying, Keep your opinions to yourself. In fact, and he starts taking off his backpack, saying, Doesn't Oscar Butts have a chapter that says you must carry the leader's pack? And Jonah tells him, no, you do not think so. And Lonnie tells him, see, you learned something new. And he pushes his pack into Jonah's hand. And Crybaby walks up saying, don't make it worse for us, all right? And then walks away.
1: Well, that was a pointless scene.
0: Well, strap in, Brandon, because you, you're going to get a couple of them. The seed switches. We're with Lonnie. And he starts slamming a can of food against a rock a whole bunch. And Jonah sees what he's doing, and he stands up, and Lonnie walks over Jonah's way, asking aloud why these things don't have pull-off lids. Jonah raises up a can opener, saying, Always pack carefully, chapter one, Oscar butts his first rule of hiking. And Lonnie grabs the can opener, then he throws it to the ground with his can of food, and then throws his sunglasses and hat down, and he pushes Jonah who backs up into another kid, I don't know if it's comic or crybaby, I don't know, and he accidentally kicks Lonnie's backpack off a small cliff area, and it rolls down as Lonnie yells, Hey, my knapsack, you idiot! And Jonah whines that he pushed him, and Lonnie tells him to go down there and get it. So Jonah complains, saying, but it's steep. But Lonnie screams, you want to climb down or fall down? Jonah looks back at down at it, and then at Lonnie, and then back down, and he walks away. This has a little bit of a Watcher's Woods meets Phantom Cab kind of vibe.
1: Yeah, I thought of Phantom Cab.
0: This is kind of like that part where um, Buzz almost fell to his death, but then he didn't. Dang it. We zoom to the backpack and Jonah's jumping down and then he picks it up. And then we hear the sound of like snakes rattling, rattle of a cobra. I don't know.
1: It's nature
0: sounds. Sure. Oh, there's nature that way. Yeah. So he hears these nature sounds and then he walks towards a secret cave back up with Lonnie he looks over and he screams what are you looking at in the face of one of the kids I think again I think it's comic I don't know comic and crybaby they just look so similar to me back with Jonah he drops Lonnie's bag down and he walks into the cave and in the cave he turns on his flashlight and says oh cool and he looks up at some cave drawings of monsters and shit and we get some drums playing as he's looking at the, he's looking around at the more cave drawings. And then he looks over at a little statue sitting on a rock. So he picks it up, and some fog starts billowing out of the hole that the statue was sitting on top of. And then out from the fog comes a guy dressed as a stereotypical Native American.
1: Yeah, he's a very killer instinct-looking gentleman.
0: He's got... Like, the face paint on. He's got, like, a red line and a black line over his face. And he's wearing, like, a fox skin on the top of his head. I think he I think he looks pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, I know it's, like, totally a stereotype, but he looks kind of cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, he looks like a Native American warrior. Shaman. I think
0: Native American warriors look really cool, though. So maybe that's just me. I don't know. Yep. Just you. Mm-hmm. This guy says, beware the manaha have returned. They have once again smelled the scent of human flesh. They hunger. And while he's saying this, we look again at the caveman scribbles on the wall, which I guess are depictions of the Manaha. It kind of just looks like Bigfoot, though.
1: Yeah, well, that's what the Manaha is. Spoilers.
0: Yeah, spoilers. I mean, not really. The next couple scenes, just... Show you that, but he tells Jonah that he must leave this place forever and he shakes his little staff or something at him. And then, suddenly, from behind Jonah and at the entrance of the secret cave, walks Lonnie and Crybaby asking where he is. Jonah tells him that they got to get out of here because the Manaha are coming, and Crybaby's all, though, what? And Jonah tells him, The Manaha, tell them. And then he turns around for support from that shaman dude, but he's gone, and there's just that statue sitting in his place. So Jonah looks around confused for a moment and Lonnie asks what he's talking about. So Jonah turns around saying, there was a shaman. He says there's a monster out there called the Manaha that'll eat us. And Lonnie laughs it off saying, yeah, sure. And he scoots that kid aside and he walks up to the cave drawing saying, oh man, this stuff is really old. I mean, people get famous for discovering this kind of stuff. Good thing I found it. And Jonah's all, you did it, I did it. Oh, you jerk.
1: Jonah was going to exploit the native artwork for riches and fame
0: that that was his plan (laughs) lonnie ignores that saying whoa and he picks up the little statue saying this has got to be worth some bucks and he walks over to the kids getting close to jonah's face and says i'm gonna have my picture on the front page (laughs) (laughs) and he walks out crybaby follows and jonah stays behind to look at the cave markings again Our scene cuts and we see Ivy the nerd looking through his binoculars. And the camera pans over and Lonnie, Jonah, and Crybaby are climbing up a ridge with the statue. And Lonnie walks by Eddie saying, this shit's heavy. And Eddie, again the fat one, asks what it is. And Jonah tells them, it's the statue of a manaha. And Kamen asks, uh, what? (laughs) And Crybaby says, Jonah says he saw a guy who told him monsters were going to eat us and Eddie with a big sandwich in his hand and food stains on his shirt. Look at comic, and the two boys laugh, and Eddie asks if it's a joke, and Jonah says he wishes it was, and he's all, yeah, right, ha, ha. And Jonah tries to say it's no joke, but all the kids walk away from him, and now he's, you know, the piece of shit of the group. Oh, my God. Has anything happened yet?
1: No. I've said, like, three words. (laughs) Okay, I think I like this episode less than I thought I did.
0: It's still an okay episode, but there's not really anything going on. It's
1: not a three episode, but...
0: No, it's not a three out of ten episode, but uh, I don't know. There's way too many characters. There's no real focus. I mean, even the episode is just like, I don't know what's going on. Just poof it away. In the next scene, the kids are all marching through the woods. Lonnie's in the lead with that Manaha statue in his hands. He walks over to a random tree. He sets the statue down, and he covers it up with leaves, saying that he'll get it on his way back, and he'll make sure someone else is carrying it. And the boys look at each other, then back with Lonnie, and he walks away, and the camera pans down to the crappy hidden statue, and the kids all walk ahead, but Jonah stays behind and looks around because it looks like he gets the feeling he's being watched. There should be a counter here for how many times Jonah just stays behind. There should be
1: a counter for how many times he's with the group, because it would be a lot lower.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're right.
1: He's the one who's like, everybody, we got to get out of here. There's the Manaha. Even though he has no idea what that even is. But he's just like,
0: I'm just going to hang out back here, I guess. The Manaha are just people sitting down is all it is with like maybe a mask on their face but yeah he's just like we gotta stick together guys and then everybody leaves him and he's just like huh we are in the forest it's stupid we cut to the ranger station lonnie walks in saying hello we're here to check in and we get a nice look around the joint and it's all real good looking lots of places to sit and stuff and Mm. food on the table It looks comfortable In walk the other kids, followed by Jonah at the rear, and Lonnie asks if anybody's home as Jonah looks around in a concerned-looking way. And Eddie sees there's food and questions its existence, saying it's such a waste. Back with Jonah, he he yells, It's
1: the Manahaw! They got the ranger! We gotta get out of here!
0: And he turns around, screams like the little girl, and falls to the ground, and everyone laughs at him because we see that the ranger is behind him. It's it's the best part.
1: Yeah, that was like the best scream of the series.
0: It was probably the perfect scene f- from this episode.
1: Yeah, like they all walk in. Like, the ranger's not there. Augustus Gloops, like, what about the food? And then he, he wait, like, the ranger's not there, but he waits like five seconds and then is like, well, he's dead. Let's go. And then screams. Just an ear-piercing, blood-curdling scream.
0: It's the best. <laughs> oh man! So he's like flailing on the ground. Everybody's laughing at him, and then we see that it's just the ranger who asks if there's anything wrong. And the kids laugh more, and even the ranger laughs at this kid. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, <laughs> "Manah, <laughs>
1: manah." <laughs>
0: oh my god <laughs> I would laugh at him too it's though the best I would have laughed at him like the only one that's not laughing is Lonnie He's... he can't laugh <laughs> yeah the manaha took that away from him okay so we have another couple of characters so let's meet them alright Okay. first up we have the shaman who's played by Michael Grey which is almost as cool of a name as Frank Scorpion a classic. I'll never get over Frank Scorpion. Frank Scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> That's the coolest name. Anyway, he's been in a lot of stuff, including Fear the Walking Dead as something I'm not going to be able to pronounce. Qualataka Walker. I don't know. <laughs> Did you even know that they made a um uh, another Walking Dead series? I'd heard of it. I've seen a little bit of it, but I got bored, so I don't know if it's good or not, but I don't watch it. I will say, I'm okay with his existence. I like um, the idea of, like, just, let's start over the whole zombie apocalypse, but uh, let's go to California this time and see what's going on over there, you know? I'm okay with that. Sure. He was also in an HBO show from this year, I Know This, this Much Is True, playing Ralph Drinkwater, and fun fact, Rosie O'Donnell's in that show, too. Really? She's still alive. I know, that's what I her. thought. Remember how big she was? She was in at the Spy and Flintstones. She had her own yeah, talk show. She was
1: in those two things.
0: I think Ellen DeGeneres came around and just, like, Molly whopped her off the throne. So... Yeah. Can only Sorry, have Rosie. Finally, finally, Brandon, because I'm not going to count that old, old man that was in the episode for, like, two seconds. We have the Forest Ranger, who was played by Ted Whittle, or Whittall, I don't know, who plays Clint Brewer in Shit's Creek. Clint Brewer. I'm going to yeah. have to look that up. Yeah, because you watch that show, right? Yeah. I don't. I want to.
1: You should. It's great.
0: I love Catherine O'Hara for some reason, <laughs> so I really want to watch it, but I haven't. He's also Admiral Olsen in Suicide Squad, which I have never seen.
1: Oh, me neither.
0: And Rick Flagg in Smallville.
1: Which I haven't seen.
0: Yeah, me neither. He has not, he's been in a lot of other stuff, but uh, let's just try and get through the rest of this episode.
1: <laughs> All right. We can I'm, do it.
0: I'm not talking about these, these, uh, <laughs> these well-acted individuals. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your mystical shaman. Thank you so much for taking a listen. Whether you're new to the show or a long-time fan, Brandon and I appreciate you spending time with us. Looking for more laughs? Give us a follow on Instagram at Private Island Presents and on Twitter at PRVT Island. Every week we make new videos, GIFs, memes, and more for each of our episodes. Be sure to chat with me while I do the live watch parties every Wednesday night at 8pm Eastern Time on our Instagram. Connect with other fans and join in on the conversations. We are just 3 patrons away from our first 10 patrons, which will start up our exclusive giveaway. Visit patreon.com slash private island and check out what we have to offer. For as little as $1 a month, you'll have instant access to early release episodes which go up the moment I'm done editing. Higher tiers get additional content that is uploaded multiple times a week. We have bloopers, bonus episodes, book readings, and more. Everything raised from our Patreon will go right back into the show to help fund more giveaways and upgrade our equipment. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Bronze Beths, Heather, and our newest patron, Angela, the Silver Goths, Shane, and Steven, and the Platinum Bostics, Bryce, Kathy, and Carly. Thank you so much everyone, our show wouldn't be the same without you. Our season 5 wrap up is coming up fast and we need your questions. Do you have any questions for me or for Brandon about our podcast or about podcasting in general? We want to answer them in the show and give you a shout-out. So send them our way on any of our social media accounts or through email. That's privateislandpresents at gmail.com. For a quick link to all of our socials, the Patreon, Facebook group, and more, check out the Linktree link in the episode description. Show your favorite podcasts some love by giving them a shout-out on social media or leaving them a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our show, aside from this theme, Dating Start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Now I'd like to play the promo for Just the Zoo of Us, a super fun and informative podcast about your favorite animals with hosts Ellen and Christian there new friends this is ellen weatherford do you like animals do you enjoy arbitrarily rating things out of 10 can you tolerate puns if so join me and my husband christian over at just the zoo of us for a weekly review of your favorite animal species just the zoo of us is available on spotify itunes and other podcast apps you can find us at anchor.fm just the zoo of us see you soon Thanks again everyone. For now, I'll let you get back to the show, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye! Now we're back outside, and the kids look to be setting up a spot to put their tents and spend the night, and Jonah walks over to Ivy, and when Lonnie yells, yo kid, get some dead branches for firewood, unless you're scared. Jonah's is all, I'm not scared. And Eddie walks out saying, don't worry, Jonah, the boogeyman won't eat you, you're too small. And all the kids have just a good laugh about that one. And that cements Eddie as, the, as a victim. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's mean. <laughs> Jonah picks up some shit. And he walks away as Eddie giggles and pats Lonnie on the back. And Lonnie doesn't giggle, so Eddie has to back away. In the woods with Jonah, he picks up some couple of sticks. And then we get a first-person shot of the camera and is growling a little, like a gorilla or a bear or something. I don't know. And Jonah picks up more sticks and looks around the woods, then slowly stands up and walks away. And then he starts running back at camp crybaby and comic are trying to set up a tent but it just deflates in front of them so they walk away in frustration and eddie is sitting on the ground laughing at them which at first i thought he was still laughing about his joke about jonah being small but i think he's laughing at the two kids because they're frustrated or whatever and then up runs jonah who throws the twigs he gathered into the fire pit and lonnie takes one look at it saying that's it Man, are you useless? And he starts to walk away, and Jonah asks where he's going. And Lonnie turns around saying that he's going to go get some more wood. So Jonah tells him he can't go in there. And Lonnie asks, why not? And he gets close to Jonah's face saying, hey, just because you're chicken doesn't mean I'm not going to cook. And we look at Jonah's face for like five seconds before the scene switches. Are you getting scared yet, Brandon?
1: Yeah, it's getting pretty spooky now. Is he going to be able to cook?
0: That's a really good point. If they don't cook, they don't eat. And if they don't eat, they're going to die. They need to cook. Yeah, these kids need their sustenance, okay? Breaking Bad. Now we're out with Lonnie, and he's picking up sticks. You know what? Now that you say that, Lonnie kind of reminds me of Jesse from Breaking Bad a little bit. Mm, yeah, maybe
1: a a jesse Emilio mix.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jesse Estevez, you know. <laughs> Back at the campsite, Ivy walks out of his tent asking why he's so spooked. And Jonah, with that book in his hand, says, I'm not. Chapter 12, Oscar Butts says, fear is only an emotion. If you conquer fear, you conquer the forest.
1: All right, what does Oscar Butts say about Manaha?
0: Yeah, what does he say about things that can kill you, like bears? He's just like, yo, kids, if you just don't believe in bears and mountain lions and stuff, you're going to be fine.
1: (laughs) Oh, Oscar. It's great advice.
0: Oscar Butts is the worst. With Lonnie, he grabs a branch off the ground a little too hard, and it makes him fall on his back. And he sighs, and he starts to get up saying, that kid's going to pay for making me have to. But we look out behind him, and there's some sort of manaha, Bigfoot-looking creature walking past the trees. So Lonnie gets up, and he looks around, and he hears a growl, which the kids hear too because, you know, Lonnie's like five feet away from them. At the campsite, Eddie opens up his tent asking, what was that? And Crybaby does the same. And Jonah says that they gotta go get Lonnie. And he runs to the woods. Then he runs back to the kids because they didn't follow him. And the kids all look around like they're scared. Back with Lonnie, he's kind of hiding behind a tree a little bit. Then he sees goddamn Bigfoot. So he blows his whistle. But from behind him, a bear or gorilla or something growls and attacks him as he screams. And the kids, they... They snap into action, and they run towards the screams and the whistle blowing, and Jonah runs up asking if Lonnie's okay, but he's not there. Only his whistle is left. See,
1: I was in at this point on the episode. Okay. Like, what I've said before, like, a Bigfoot episode would be cool. Yeah. And here we've got, like, kids in the woods being stalked by a Bigfoot, and it's, like, killing them. Like, I was like, oh, man, Lonnie's fucking... Dead. This episode yeah. ain't playing around.
0: Yeah, they get back to it and all you find is like Lonnie's severed head and his his ribs are cracked open and Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Just Nickelodeon shit, you know. <laughs> but yeah.
0: Lonnie was trying to smoke and he got destroyed. No biggie.
1: So at this point, yeah, I was like this episode's pretty cool. Like I like the setup. I like the setting. Yeah. But I don't know. It just doesn't come together.
0: Let's be real. Getting lost in the woods is one of the scariest things.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because
0: you don't know what's out there. And you're not going to listen to Oscar Butts and be like, well, if they're just not scared, nothing's going to hurt me. Because that's yeah, not according real. According to my research,
1: uh, fucking trails. <laughs> right. I seriously, uh, I thought of Dorothy from Magic School Bus like this whole episode, and that's why I started hating this kid. Because I thought he was pretty cool at first, but god damn it do I hate Dorothy. <laughs> I hate her so much.
0: So Jonah picks up this whistle and then comic kneels down saying, "Uh-oh." And we see a giant ass footprint in the ground, like <sighs> that of Bigfoot. A very fake-looking footprint. Like it's a cartoonish. It is very much like, so. Uh-huh. That cuts to commercial, back from commercial, Jonah calls out for Lonnie, and Eddie, who's standing next to Crybaby, and Ivy says, guess you weren't kidding about that Manaha thing. And Crybaby calls out, the ranger station, he has a two-way radio, we could call for help. And Comic agrees, that is an awesome idea, and the kids all run towards the station. But we hear a rattlesnake, and Jonah stays behind, and he looks at the Bigfoot footprint, and it disappears. And he blinks a couple of times, and then he backs up and runs down the trail. We cut to the ranger station. It's night out now, and the kids all run inside. And Jonas says, Mr. Ranger, we lost our leader. But the kids look around, and the ranger station is all in shambles, like somebody broke in and threw everything ranger. around. <laughs> Why you got to do that? Because you said ranger. I love it's like, I have to. Ranger! <laughs> ranger station! <laughs> The kids look around, and Jonah walks up to the two-way radio saying that it's busted. Which is funny that he just knows that. And he freaks out, asking, what's going on? What's happening? And Jonah tells the guys that they gotta go back to camp. But Crybaby's all, but it's dark! And Jonah says, chapter 7, don't rely on trails. Rely on the stars and your compass. And he pulls out his compass, and all the boys nod in agreement, and they make their way out of the ranger station. Okay. I think this might be one of my favorite parts too. They start to walk away, but Jonah stops them, saying, Guys, and he looks down at his compass and then points the way that they were going to be going, <laughs> saying, Take that path, but take it easy. It's dark. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, der. The kids are <laughs> the kids were walking in that direction and <laughs> they know the fuck it's dark. What do you think
1: they were gonna do? <laughs> Let's
0: just climb the trees, guys. <laughs> that's what the stars tell me to do. So the kids start to walk away, but Jonas stays behind again for some reason, and he stops. Because that's what he does. He stays behind. This is like the fourth time. He's a time habitual
1: behind-stayer.
0: That's a thing now. Yeah. <laughs> So he stays behind for some reason and he stops and he looks inside the window of the ranger station and this fog rolls inside and it cleans the place up right in front of this kid's eyes and then he just runs away. Yeah, what the hell? Problem solved. The radio should work now, right? That's what I thought. Yeah, just go in there and use your two-way radio.
1: But he's like, nope, that's not what the compass tells me.
0: Jonah makes his way back to the kids saying, guys, something weird's going on. And it's like, no shit, kid. And Crybaby's (laughs) all, yeah, tell me about it. And they look over at the path, and there's like a tree blocking it or something. I don't know. I couldn't really tell what was going on. So the kids walk up to it, and Eddie says, that wasn't here before. Maybe we took the wrong path. And Jonah pulls out his compass again and looks at it. He licks his lip and says, No, it's the right path. Something, put it here. And Ivy and Crybaby look at each other and Eddie then says that we'll go around it. So the kids all disperse randomly, running away as Jonah yells that they got to stick together. These kids are dumb. Yeah. Again, Jonah stays behind and looks at the blocked path. Then he turns around and we see the shaman again, who says, You have been warned. And he laughs as (laughs) Jonah runs away in the woods we see eddie's running alone and then we cut over to jonah who's calling out for the guys and when he stumbles into crybaby just standing next to a tree and jonah screams and up walks comic and ivy and crybaby says whoa it's just me and jonah looks around at the guys and then asks where eddie is at and i think that's the first time we get eddie's name yeah we're like 20 minutes in (laughs) We cut over to Eddie. He's running through the woods. There's some growling and shit following him, and he stops. He looks around, and he calls out, Jonah, Alex, Manaha. (laughs) Yes? (laughs) We see some Bigfoot-looking dudes walking in the distance around him, and he's still just sitting by a rock, and then he looks up over the rock, and there's a guy in a gorilla suit that jumps down on him, (laughs) and he falls to the ground screaming, Which the kids all hear, and Ivy's like, we found Eddie!
1: I love that. That's my favorite
0: part. (laughs) He's
1: screaming, and he's like, guess we found Eddie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, guess Eddie's dead.
0: Crybaby says that they gotta go to him, and he leads the rescue, and the kids run like five feet, and they stop and they look down and see the Manaha statue sitting next to the tree where Lonnie left it but now its face is glowing like it's got a light bulb in it (laughs) and Crybaby says he doesn't believe this and Jonah's all yes you do believe it we all believe it Oscar Butts says fear is only an emotion if you believe there's monsters in the woods then there are but if you don't and he walks over and he picks up the statue saying then there's nothing to be scared of I'm starting to think this Oscar Butts fella's an idiot.
1: Yeah. Let me see that chapter on monsters.
0: (laughs) We cut over to Crybaby who says, Lonnie's gone, Jonah. So is Eddie and the Ranger. I think that's all pretty real. The kids all hear another growl or something and they look up all scared. And back with Jonah, he says, there's more going on here than we think. Ivy says, so? And Jonah says, so I think we can save them. And Crybaby yells out, no way, I'm going back to camp. And Jonah Stone Cold says, chapter four, what happens when you run from a wild animal? And Ivy asks, what? Jonah says, it chases you. You guys do what you want. I'm tired of running. And the kids all just kind of look at each other and the scene fades.
1: He speaks so matter-of-factly about shit he has no idea about.
0: Yeah, it's weird, right?
1: And it gets it gets worse from here.
0: It does. It almost reminds me of in the fire Ghost. <laughs> this almost. kid almost. This
1: kid is just some asshole who read a book about staying in the woods. And all of a sudden he's just just a fucking expert in like mystical <laughs> supernatural <laughs> beings.
0: Yeah. He read the Manaha chapter. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> he
1: he knows everything.
0: Pretty much, pretty much. So now we're looking up at a full moon, and Jonah's walking through the woods with his little flashlight. And he looks to be back near the cave the shaman was in originally. And he looks up to see Eddie, Lonnie, and the ranger. And they're all tied up in some, like, paper mache beehive-looking shit?
1: Yeah, it's like a piñata cocoon.
0: I don't get it. I don't know what it's supposed to be.
1: It's like a ball.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of, like, a wasp nest. I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's what it looks like.
0: It's really dumb. Well, I mean, okay, it's not really dumb, but it's just kind of weird.
1: You know, I was just, I was disappointed that they were alive, <laughs> <laughs> just because I thought I thought it raised the stakes a lot. If only, but no, they're all you
0: know just hanging out. <laughs> We look around them in the distance and see the Bigfoot looking dudes. And Jonah looks at the guy saying, don't be scared. They'll only get you if you believe in them. Well, they already How got How do them. you know? <laughs> they already got them. They're in cocoons. Yeah. What more can they do?
1: Like, what would happen if no one came and rescued them? They would just die, right? Yeah, they'd die. And you can't be like, you only
0: died because you imagined you died. I like that the ranger is there though. Like <laughs> these kids roped this ranger up in it. Too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was just minding his own business, just chilling he's in, in a his paper cabin, mache cocoon. <laughs> yeah. So after he talks about how they have to, they, they, it's only going to hurt him if they believe in him, He takes some steps near the monster sand, and I don't believe in them. And there's more growling. And Jonas says, you hear that? I'm not afraid. And I don't think you're real. And if you're not real, you can't hurt me. And the manaha get closer to him. And then they wisp away in smoke. Next time I'm like hiking or something and there's a bear in front of me, I'm going to be like, I don't believe in you. And there's nothing you can do about it.
1: Yeah, I'd really like to see that bear in the woods just be like, oh, shit, and disappear in a cloud of smoke.
0: It's like, my only weakness. <laughs> I thought I was real. <laughs> Jonah looks back at the trap guy saying they were just an illusion, a trick, and he walks over to Eddie, and he pulls out his pocket knife, and he starts to cut him down, starting at this kid's belly <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> like, you don't know how thick that shit is. Like you're gonna just...
1: No, he knows everything. <laughs> That's in chapter 23 of the goddamn butts manual. <laughs>
0: You just if your friend's stuck in a wasp cocoon, just take out your knife and jab it into his stomach. And
1: even though the cocoon <laughs> should be an illusion as well, J- just like stop. Oh, good point. Stop pretending like you're in a cocoon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Because I mean, the it's fair to say that because the uh, ranger station being in disarray, that was an illusion.
1: Yeah, like, that didn't happen, but all these people were kidnapped, so I don't understand how that is real, but everything else is Well, hold
0: on. So, from behind him pops the shaman, who says, but I am no illusion. So maybe he made papier-mâché and was like, hold on, guys, and just cocooned them in it. I don't know. And he kidnapped them as well? Maybe... Maybe, okay, so maybe the story is, is that if you believe in the Manaha, then they are real. So at the time of the kidnapping, those gorillas were real for the kids. And they have cocoon wrapping abilities. I don't know. Make sense? I don't know. Who cares? Nope. Okay. Let's go on. Jonah puts the, <laughs> Jonah puts the knife down as the shaman says, I was a powerful shaman until my people sealed me in that cave. The fools thought my magic had become too powerful, too evil. said that I wanted the forest only for myself perhaps they were right and he gets up and he walks over to Jonah and says now that you have released me the forest is my hunting ground once again I warned you to leave which was nice of him if you think about it you
1: know yeah he was like I don't want to cause any trouble I just want to live in peace just please go or I will have to pretend to put you in danger
0: (laughs) He reaches a torch up, and he lights it from some branch on a fire somehow, and he says, now it is too late, and he slowly lowers the torch down to the campfire that is under Eddie's cocoon. So is he trying to cook these cook these folks now? Yeah, he's hungry. He hasn't eaten in a couple years. Alright. He might be a ghost? I don't know. I don't even know.
1: Well, he's from another time, at least.
0: Yeah, he's like the sealed-up evil of the shaman's magic. I don't know. He's basically hes basically a Native American goth, if you think about it.
1: And I do. I think about it a lot.
0: I think about goth all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Still waiting for his return. Jonah screams out, stop! And he's got the Manaha statue in his hands. And he tells him to put the torch down now! And the shaman laughs in response, saying, and if I do not? And Jonah's like, I'll use the magic in this statue against you. And shaman tells him, the power isn't in the statue, it's in me. And he goes down to light that fire again and Jonah yells out, then I summon the manaha. And the shaman stops and he looks around and Jonah mocks him a bit saying, maybe you don't know as much about magic as you'd think. And the shaman looks around saying, this cannot be, away with you. And we look around the forest at stuff coming closer to where they're at and the shaman's all, I no longer need you. And Jonah tells him, he doesn't control him anymore. That I do. And the shaman yells out, stop. But they don't stop. And the shaman looks around more saying, I created you. Don't resist it. And Jonah tells the shaman that he owns the Manaha now. And he will have them destroy him. And he backs the shaman into that cave and tells him, you were put in here for a reason. And now you're going back. And the statue's head lights up again. And Jonah sets it down on the stone where he found it. It's all relatively anticlimactic, I think. Yeah, The shaman screams out like Cutter from Cutter's Treasure from in his cave, and it shakes, and there's rocks falling all over the place, and he's screaming more, and Jonah makes his way out, and I guess the shaman's dead now.
1: Why does the cave collapse?
0: Don't you think that the cave would have collapsed the first time then?
1: Yeah, he was put in there before, and it didn't collapse.
0: Yeah, he's like sealed in that hole by the statue's butt sitting on top of it like some sort of genie, right?
1: I, I assume so, but I also think that's a really, really ineffective like security for this evil shaman.
0: Mm-hmm. You would think that this rock slide would knock it off, but...
1: These people who sealed him up were like, eh, just put that toy on there.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm sure nobody will touch that ever.
0: It's just like a corker, like a cork stopper. but
1: Yeah, except it's not even, like, stuck in there. It's just, like, (laughs) rolling on top.
0: (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. Eddie calls out, Jonah! And Jonah runs about five feet to where Eddie, Lonnie, and the Ranger are. And they're all standing. They're all uncovered for whatever the hell was covering them. And Eddie asks how he did that. And Jonah says he used a little manaha magic. And the forest reader giggles for some reason, and Jonah takes a few steps from them and calls out into the woods, Manaha, I command you, show yourself, which is stupid for him to do because there's no danger anymore. Yeah. But out from the woods walks Crybaby, Ivy, and Comic, and they all got sticks in their hands, and they're banging them together, and they have, like, little camouflage parkas on... Crybaby asks how they did, and Jonah says, Meet my Manaha. And he turns them around smiling, and the guys congratulate themselves, and the scene fades.
1: Well, that was dumb. Sure was. That shaman should have just used some of his actual magic and been like, fuck you, and like blew him up with fireballs and stuff.
0: <laughs> that would have been amazing.
1: <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, he just called forth, like, some lightning or something.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like, he is
0: magic. (laughs) Nope, he was tricked by three nameless children. All right. Now we're back with the kids, it's daytime, and Jonah is instructing them that they've got five miles due west at 20 minutes per mile, and a half hour break for a rest, and Eddie chimes in, and a snack, and Jonah smiles saying, and a snack, we should arrive back at camp in time for lunch. Everyone's set, and the kids all say, yes sir, and they start marching up the trail, and Jonah says, pick up the pace Lonnie, and we look at Lonnie who's carrying a bunch of shit, and he drops a couple of pieces on the ground, and then he picks it up, and that's the end. Overall, it's just a kind of weird episode for Are You Afraid of the Dark?
1: It's weird, and I don't know if I love it or really like it, but I don't think it's as bad as the ratings would suggest.
0: No, but even growing up loving Are You Afraid of the Dark, when I watched this episode, I still didn't have any memory of it. So I think this is genuinely the first time I've ever seen it, which is kind of weird because... Are you afraid of the dark? Played on repeat, pretty, pretty much every day. I think they knew it was bad when when they made it. <laughs> I don't know. It ain't great. It doesn't have that Ron Oliver charm that can make like a bad episode memorable. You know, mm-hmm. no offense to Ron Oliver, of course, <laughs> but like it doesn't even have anything really charming about it.
1: You never really get a look at the Manaha.
0: No, I think that was on purpose too.
1: Yeah, because they wouldn't be able to do it justice. <laughs>
0: No, no. It's just a dude in a gorilla suit jumping down on some kids, whatever. (laughs) Back with Tucker at the Midnight Society, he says, Jonah might have been small, but his size has nothing to do with how brave you are. That depends on what's up here. And he moves his gorilla hand to his head, and then he switches and points to his gorilla chest and says, and what's in here? The end. Shut up, Tucker. Stig says, that's a good story, Tuck. And then we hear some chirping from an animal like a squirrel or something. Over with Kiki, she says, maybe it's a giant squirrel. And back with Tucker, he says, and maybe being small means you got to run faster. And he runs away down the trail. Stig follows quickly after grabbing his gorilla suit head saying, hey, you forgot your head. And the other kids get up. Gary dumps the water on the fire saying something like run fast like a headless gorilla. I don't know what he said. I played it like six times. I couldn't hear it. And the kids will all run down the trail, and that's the end of the episode. Any final thoughts, Brandon? No. Yeah, I don't really have anything either. What do you think the moral of the story is?
1: The moral of the story is don't listen to anything Oscar Butts says.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. If there's, like, a... I think Oscar Butts actually applies to every situation. So if you have an intruder in your house, just be like, I don't believe in you, and you'll be fine.
1: I think Oscar Butts is a manaha. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the secret ending of the episode is that book disappeared with all the Manaha magic, too. I have nothing. I don't think I learned anything from this episode. <laughs> in fact, I think it actually put me in more danger. Moving on. <laughs> yep. The Tale of the Manaha. What a shitty Perfect. name for an episode. No <laughs> Perfect episode, title. the It gives no indication about what it is, which is fine. I mean, some episodes don't, but it's just made up gobbledygook. Like, who cares what... Manaha. What the... Shut up. Yeah. Get out of here with that bullshit. All right, so what's a better name? The Tale of Lost in the Woods. The Tale of the Know-It-All. It It could be just like the Tale of the Shaman, right? Could be. But it wasn't.
1: The Tale of the Closest We're Gonna Get to
0: Bigfoot. (laughs) Well, I don't know about that one, Brandon. (laughs) We'll see about that. Uh, The Tale of the Nameless Children. It's a good one. I don't know what I would think of if I had an episode that was named The Tale of the Nameless Children. I think it'd probably be like a Children of the Corn kind of thing. The Tale of Rangers! (laughs) I got nothing else. Okay, let's move on. Are you ready to find out what's next, Brandon?
1: Yeah, what is it?
0: Okay. So, Season 5, Episode 9. Which... Shit, we're almost done with Season 5 already. Yeah, what the I, hell? I can't believe it. I know. Next up, Season 5, Episode 9. The Tale of the Unexpected Visitor. Hmm. What do you think is going to be spinning this one?
1: I think this one is a Kiki.
0: Oh, okay. Season 5. The Kiki season.
1: <sighs> Finally, Kiki's time to shine. Frank was just holding her back.
0: So true, even though... Frank only gave like maybe one episode of season. <laughs> what do you think it's going to be about? The tale of the unexpected visitor.
1: I think it's going to be Thanksgiving, and okay, there's going to be a drifter who comes through, and he's like, "Hey guys, uh, I don't have any place to spend my Thanksgiving. Can I come in here?" And then they're gonna say, "No." So, he stays mm-hmm. out in the cold and dies.
0: Oh. <laughs> okay. And
1: then the family feels really guilty, and it haunts them for the rest of their lives.
0: Oh, that poor family. Okay. Yeah, that's that's that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brandon. I'm done talking to you this week. I've had enough. Oh, thank God. I need a. I need at least a week to recover from this. <laughs> Oh, man. I've been up all night. I'm going back to sleep.
1: All right. I'll see you next week.
0: I can't wait. Hopefully I'll have my new computer up and running by then.
1: That's exciting. Get a keyboard.
0: Oh, right, right. I got to do that. All right. I got to go, guys. Got to go buy a keyboard. Bye, everybody. Bye. That's